Hello, everybody. This is Rafal Davidovich. Welcome to the Explorations Podcast. We have already passed Parshas Korach, but I'd like to review an idea that I shared with uh, the people in my shul on Shabbos morning before davening. What I like to do, I don't always succeed in doing it in the format I would like, but what I like to do before Shachras on Shabbos is to look into the Parsha to find some insight for davening. Meaning, obviously, there's a lot in the Torah that can be appreciated on an intellectual level, or even a spiritual level, but I like to tackle an element of the Parsha that connects to specifically the davening that's going to be taking place. And I gave a lot of thought to Parshas Korach, because I think that Parshas Korach sets up a system that we are very used to, and that is the classical Kohen Levi Yisrael dynamic. And specifically, I would say Kohen versus Levi dynamic. Because what's happening in Parshas Korach is that the person for whom the Parsha is named, Korach, was a Levi. And not only a Levi, but a very high level Levi. The top Levi. In fact, according to our rabbis, Korach was one of the people who carried the Aron, the holy ark containing the tablets of the Aserah uh, the Ten Commandments, as they were traveling in the desert. So this was no ordinary Levi. This was the highest of all of the Levium. And he wants the kahuna. He wants the priesthood. And Moshe Rabbeinu tells him he can't have it. And uh, not only that he can't have it, but the rejection of Aaron and the rejection of Moshe Rabbeinu appointing Aaron leads to Korach's demise. So that unlike Dasan and Aviram, who are the other political enemies of Moshe Rabbeinu, who are killed along with their families in the earthquake, Korach's children survive, and they are in, they re- retain their status as high-level leaders of the Levium, doing what Levium do best. For example, Korach's descendant was Shemuel, Samuel the prophet, who is the hero of the Haftorah for Precious Korach. And Korach's descendants were among the composers of many of the Tehillim, the Psalms that we have, as well as the singers in the Beis HaMikdash. So the way I see it, the way I apply the idea of Korach to the davening, is, and I would invite all of you to think about this as well, the next time you go to Shul, and there's a Kriyasa Torah, a laning, right? We read the Torah. And we read Kohen, Levi, Yisrael. First a Kohen, then a Levi, then everyone else. What we are doing is enacting, we are fulfilling the lessons of Parshas Korach. What does it mean that there is a Kohen and then a Levi? So we have two forms of leadership, of religious leadership, that are outlined in the Torah in this way. Both of them are hereditary, so there was no claim of meritocracy versus nepotism, because both Kohanim and Leviim had a, what well, negatively would be referred to as a nepotism, or a, a family lineage element to them that governs them. But the kind of leadership of a Kohen and Levi is as different as... Uh, many of the rules. So, for for example, Kohanim, the Kohen Gadol in particular, was expected to keep a beautifully trimmed head of hair. So that he had to have a haircut every 30 days, the Gemara says. And it wasn't just any ordinary haircut. It was a haircut that singled him out for beauty. The Levium, on the other hand, just as a contrast, the Torah tells us that when the Levium were inaugurated in the of Mikdash, their heads were shaved. In fact, they had a full body shave. So what's the difference between a Kohen and a Levi? 
The Cohen's service was one of individualistic beauty with beautiful garments. The Levim, on the other hand, did not have beautiful garments, and when their heads were shaved, think of like the Marines or the army, where soldiers shave their heads. Their individuality is removed. So very often in leadership, sometimes you can have that single leader who stands out and is the personification of charisma. Sometimes, however, you need, as a form of leadership, you need the people to clean up after Shalashudas. You need the people to make sure that the Sidurim are placed on the shelves, to make sure that uh, the Sifre Torah rolled to the correct place. These people don't have the same level of honor as the people who are, let's say, the Shleach Tzibur or the Chazim. Yet both these forms of leadership are absolutely required, and you see in the halachos, in the laws of Torah reading, how much attention is given in halacha to make sure that the Kohen is not maligned, that the Kohen is not questioned. I believe that this, these halachos, these laws, parallel the drama that took place with Korach. Just as Korach questioned the Kohanim, and we see how much drama and tension that created, our Torah reading makes sure to highlight the idea that the Kohen is at the top, followed by the Levi, followed by everyone else. Even nowadays, where Kohanim and Levim are not so important to our service of Hashem, in that, fine, you pick the guy who's a Kohen in Shul, you pick the guy who's a Levi, but do they really matter? Well, they matter because they outline these three levels. And I like to refer to these levels as Kodesh Kadashim, Kodshim Kalim, and Chulin, meaning the holiest of holies, followed by regular holiness, followed by Chulin, which is not Tame, it's not impure, but it's ordinary. And the Machane, meaning the Jewish encampment, the Jewish framework, has to have the cooperation and respect of all three for one another. There's some food for thought for you, and on that I want to wish you all a wonderful week.